only. Carry on only. Dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. With award-winning photographer, creative director, and travel expert, Jill Pater. Jill has worked in over 100 countries, has published 21 books on architecture, design, travel, and gastronomy. Now, here's Jill and her co-host, Lisa Palachek. Today, Jill is taking us to Taiwan. Jill, how did Taiwan land on your Gotta See It list? Well, it was part of my book, Asian Design, and a new book that's coming out this August, Modern Refuge. And Taiwan is, is interesting. It's a Zen refuge, and I feel like it's often under-acknowledged or under-rated kind of destination that's not always so much on Americans' travel list. It's very easily accessible. We have direct flights daily from a lot of major cities to Taipei. And it's just, it's such a beautiful island. It's known as Illa Formosa, which directly translates to beautiful island. It's such a beautiful place. I think in a lot of people's minds, they associate Taiwan with manufacturing because a lot mm-hmm. of things were made there. Um, but it's such a, it's, it's a great place for nature lovers. Taipei is such a beautiful city. It has um, just a great kind of Zen energy to it. And you have all the favorite things that, you know, you have in other parts of Asia from the night markets, traditional tea ceremonies, spas, all that great stuff. I would say put it on your list if it's not on it. Mm-hmm. So getting there is easy. Uh, how, about, how about transportation while you're within Taiwan? In, in Taiwan, specifically Taipei, it's, it's, it's really very easily accessible with taxis. Okay. And uh, what kinds of ways did you fill your days? The city is, you know, it's pretty robust. So um, we just kind of pick and choose different things I wanted to do. I love um, oolong tea and it's probably the oolong tea capital of the world. Right. So I did traditional tea ceremonies, went to tea houses. There's uh, Mekong Gondola, which is a gondola that takes you kind of over a lot of the tea regions. So you, you're up and above it and then you can come down and go into tea houses and kind of have your tea. There's a spa town just north of Taipei called Beitou. It has beautiful natural springs, natural spa springs. So I went there for a day. Um, some beautiful architecture in that area as well. Great museums, great palaces. I uh, love the night market there, the Shillin Night Market. Just an amazing foodie stop. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. So it's, it's a big draw for locals and tourists alike. Can you remember anything specific that you had at the market? Yes, pineapple cake dumplings, lots of noodles and rice dishes, great street snacks, great street food. It's so easy and so cheap to eat in, mm-hmm. in, in Taipei. I mean, there's just, it's almost like the street food is better than, you know, five-star restaurants wow. that you would go to. So it's a great, really affordable place to eat and, and to eat very well. So did you stay out in the street for, for all your eating or did you venture to some of the high-end I, restaurants? I did venture into some of the restaurants, but to be honest, the the street food is so good and it's it's... It's just very unique. You can't get all those different things in one place. And one of the challenges of sometimes of being a solo traveler, specifically in Asia, is that if you go to a restaurant, you know, you're ordering these massive, you're ordering like one dish, which is really more family style. Oh, okay. So for solo travelers or even like, you know, couples, I, I just, I think night markets are a great way to go because you can try so many different things. And again, it's so reasonable and you have kind of the best of the best served right. up on a platter. Okay. Did you do any spying? I did. I did. Up in, in Beitou, there's yeah. um, a beautiful place. It's actually featured in the book. It's called Villa 32. It's mm-hmm. a really in Chateau Hotel. And they have, it's so cool, you go into their spa rooms and the natural spa springs run into it. So I had a great, great little soak there. 
any surprises along the way? I think I was surprised. I just had no idea. I had no real preconceived notions of Taiwan, but how beautiful the countryside is. And yeah. just, I didn't realize it was such a draw for adventure travelers. So people who love to hike and bike, it, it's a beautiful place for that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wasn't anticipating that as much. Yeah. What does tea look like when it's growing? The tea leaves? Yeah. They're just, they're like beautiful green, you know, trees. And then they'll take you through and, and show you how they you know, cut the leaves and make the teas. And, you know, tea ceremonies are very, you know, important. It's a big part of the tradition there. So mm-hmm. it's so nice, you know, in, here in America, we just have like the cheap tea bags or the loose leaf teas, right. you know, to see it actually growing and to see kind of its importance. It's such a big part of their culture and society. It's, it makes it a lot more fun. Has your tea palette changed from what you've been exposed to? It has because the oolong, specifically like the oolong teas and the mm-hmm. green teas that you get in generally on the Asian continent, they're just so much better. It's, it's like night and day. Like to more what flavorful? We get to, yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Because it's right. Cause mm-hmm. tea, like actually all spices, they do kind of, they do lose their power, mm-hmm. you know, after a couple of months, most people don't necessarily know that or, or realize that. And so when you're drinking like, right, you know, you're drinking the leaves that are taken right there it's yeah it's a, it's a different drink is it tricky to find good good tea in the u.s do you end up uh sending out for it back to taiwan yeah i always when i'm in the region i always buy as much as i can yeah. and bring it back yeah cool it, it it's never you can find like we have great asian grocery stores pretty much everywhere in the united states mm-hmm. that you can get you can get the teas but they're like the pre-packaged teas they're not it's not the really good stuff. Okay. And people pay, I mean, teas are like anything else, like wines and whiskeys and things. I mean, you, it, the pricing can go from, you know, very, very low end to extremely high end. Sure. Well, on that note, what's a, a traveler's budget for Taiwan? How do you manage <laughs> what, what I assume is uh, limited funds? And so the, the flight there, there are a lot of direct flights from the major U.S. cities to Taipei. Um, so that's usually not so much a budget breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on accommodation side, you have all different options. I think one of the nice things about the region is, you know, usually for like 100 U.S. dollars per night, you can stay in a really nice place. Wow. If you want to stay in a hostel or you want to stay, you, you know, that, say that's not in your budget range. There are also a lot of other options. Taipei is a very safe place. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of, you can really run the gamut. And then, of course, if you want to stay at, you know, five-star ultimate luxury places, mm-hmm. that's there as well. Okay. Is is the luxury uh, tier pretty strong in Oh, Taiwan? yes. Yeah. Yes. Very okay. strong. <laughs> but somehow I have the feeling that you still manage to bring in one bag and bring out one bag. That seems to be your style. I did. I did. My tea was full of tea when I left. Yeah. But it, it, it was. And in Taiwan, I would say dressing a little bit more modestly, you know, here in the U.S., we're pretty casual, shorts and t-shirts and things. There, it's a little bit more modest. Um, okay. N- not so much formal, I would say, but just I would err on the conservative side. All right. That sounds good. Anything else you that really left an impression on you? I think, you know, the the food is always a bit, you know, those are yeah. the things we miss. Like, sure. Like, you know, street foods that we just can't really get here. We don't really have that level. And I think that is also going back to the budget it's a huge savings there, right? Because, you know, for $5 in the night market, I mean, you can go pretty far. Yeah. Um, so, that, so that's a great saving. For these longer international flights, I know a lot of people sometimes have anxiety before flying or aren't really sure about wanting to go to a place because of the travel time. So one of the things that I do just to boost immunity, immunity is 
I try to meditate and relax like a couple days before the trip because mm-hmm. I sometimes get a little bit anxious before I fly. So I don't like go crazy and like book out my days right before oh, I leave. Okay. So I just kind of tend to relax. And then I also just to boost immunity before the flight, kind of vitamin up. So I'll mm-hmm. take zinc, vitamin C, D3, B6, and B12 if I can, just to kind of feel better for the flight. Um, there's also a great product uh, that's a natural product. It's called No Jet Lag. Um, and it's available in most travel stores and on Amazon. And they're just natural path pills that I, you take on the flight, and they just kind of help relieve jet lag symptoms as well. Great. Then you can hit the ground running. Yes, and, you can. Yeah, not yeah. lose any of that precious travel time. Yeah. And Taipei's a place, too, where, you know, if you're, again, if you're in the region, it's a place you could spend four or five days and enjoy it, or a couple of days mm-hmm. if you're in the region flying through. Or if you're exploring the country again, it can be kind of a couple-week trip as well. So it has that nice... It, it, it's kind of an adjustable trip. It's not a place you have to go and spend, you know, a month, right? You can okay. you can kind of explore it for Great. a couple of days if that's what you have or spend a lot longer there if you want to get into the countryside and really see more of the, the country. Jill, is there a certain time of year that is best to visit Taiwan? Yes, I think the best time is really April through June and then September through November. And what sorts of temperatures are you looking at during those? You're looking at just a more pleasant temperature. You know, you're not in super hot, humid weather and you're not in rainy season. So it's just a little bit more temperate for exploring. Certainly, if you're doing more adventure travel where you're hiking and climbing, it just tends to be a bit more moderate weather Uh for that. And how's, how's, is there a language barrier? Is that challenging to communicate? In Taipei, it's, it's, it's relatively easy to get around with English and, you know, entry-level language skills. Once you get out into the countryside, it's a little bit more difficult. So it may be something that you want to invest in having a bilingual driver taking you around. Oh, okay. Or, you know, just kind of arranging your transportation and what you're doing in Taipei so that when you leave, like you have everything you need in terms of maps and getting around in the part of the country that you're going to. Very good. Well, thank you. Thanks for taking us to Taiwan. That's all the time that we have for today. Please do join us again next month for the next episode of Carry On Only. Carry On Only. Thanks for listening to Carry On Only, dedicated to inspiring your next global adventure. Listen to Jill take you around the world in style, live every week right here or 24-7 on demand at StarWorldWideNetworks.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share. For immediate access to Jill's destination guides, blog, and show notes, please visit JillPater.com. And follow her on Instagram at JillPater.com.